My name's Pat, and I'm a pastor here. Those are two of my beautiful daughters. Thank you, Kayla and Josie, for doing my announcements today. It's Family Worship Sunday. As you can see, we'll celebrate communion here. We have our kids in with us this morning. On the way in, we're in the middle of a series called Flourish. You probably got one of these little rainbow wheels, papers on the way in. And I want to say a couple things about this tool, which you'll probably notice looks a lot like our Flourish series. If you got the card last week or seen the list online, um, there is many of, the, many of our messages in this series. This is what inspired this series. A couple of years ago, I was writing in the car and listening to a sermon by, on the back you can see it's by Del Fezenfeld III. And uh, he was talking about this tool that he has used and encourages other people to use. And I've used it um, a little bit and uh, over the last couple of years have come back to it. And I, uh, over the time, thought this would be really great for us to maybe develop a series about. I want to say a couple of things about this first, though. Is first that, um, as you can see on this, actually, if you can't see on this, if the letters are too small, I really wanted a one-page thing for you guys to grab. But there is a larger print version on the way out. That's actually the version I use. This is a little bit, it's nice and compact, but probably about eight point or smaller font. Um, but you'll notice a bunch of practicals under each area that we're going to cover in this series. Today we're going to cover rest and recreation. And uh, there's a lot of things you could do that you could practice uh, in, in this series. But what we're focusing on much of the time, not all of the time, what I'll definitely be focusing on this time is really on the heart issues related to these areas. And so I have two of my other daughters that are going to help me out with something else this morning. If you guys would come on up with a couple of their friends that they've recruited. And I want to give you a little illustration about what this can be like in our lives. Here's their friends. Do you remember where it is? Can you bring that stuff out? So I want to imagine, right now it's apple season. Or it's getting really close. You guys see? Um, at our house, we really like apples. <clears throat> and if you have an apple tree in your backyard that you don't pick it off of, like, I just notice them everywhere I drive. Be like, that apple tree. And actually, I keep track of the ones that don't get picked. And if I had enough guts, I'd go up and knock on their doors this year and say, hey, can I pick your apples for you when I watch them all hit the ground? This is not an apple tree, but this is a tree. And... Uh, what we can do, what we could do, if you want to get those supplies out, girls, what we could do uh, with something like this or lots of other things in life is that we could decide, I want better fruit in my life, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Or you could look on this, you could look on this and say, I want more Bible study and reading. I want more time in my marriage. I need to spend more time listening, supporting, or in my relationships. I need to start mentoring somebody. And we can start doing these things, right? So we've been around long enough to know what the fruit is supposed to look like. But what we would be doing in that instance is that we would be stapling or tying fruit to our tree, right? So if you feel like a part of your life might be, have at one point be reflected by a tree that looks like this, it's actually not dead. It looks dead, but if you come close, you can actually see some green poking through. And I have yet to decide if I'm going to try to keep it alive or let it go. It's kind of on the edge, right? But 
What I could do, they're going to staple this on here. What I could do is I could decide, I want more good fruit in my life. And so I could start doing good things that look right. And that would be like these girls here who, when they're done, this fruit is so good it even has the stickers on it. You know it's a good apple tree when they grow with stickers on it. It's got to be good. But it's like us stapling apples to our branches. And what we know from the scriptures is how real, lasting, spiritual fruit is produced in our lives is when we are connected to like the tree trunk. Jesus uses the vine, a grapevine analogy that we're like a branch and he's like the vine. The, the, he's the vine. So this would be like, this is the trunk and we're a branch. And when we stay connected to Jesus, the source of life, guess what happens? Life flows through us and out of us. And if you can't get them all on, it's not a big deal. Just could get a few of them on. I, even though I coached my girls, I said, this is going to be tricky. And that's all right, because you know what? Fruit stapling, when it comes to spiritual things, if you get a couple of them on there. There you go. It, it tends to, this tends to be how, actually, this is actually a very accurate, this tends to be how it is in our lives when we try to do this spiritually. I'm trying to staple that fruit on there. Oh, man, it fell off. I'm going to try to get it back on there. Oh, man, it fell off. Try to get, it doesn't, right? That's not the way it's supposed to work, so it doesn't actually work. It's a, is this a little bit frustrating, girls? Yes. It's a little bit of a frustrating experience to try to staple fruit to a tree. Okay, you guys have done a good job. Give them a hand. That's good. You guys can take a seat. Thank you. Whoops. There we go. So the reason why I waited to week three to give you this tool, which I actually think can help produce fruit in your life, is that you wouldn't focus, that we wouldn't focus on what to do differently. How this tool is best used... Uh, the author, I'm just going to call him Dell because his last name is hard to say, is best used in what he recommends is that you actually don't go through this chart and tackle it all at once. I've said this before, but that you would, as we go through this series, my hope for us at Cottonwood is that we would be attentive to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit speaking to us, and that he might prick us in an area or two that he wants us to give more attention to. But and you know what happens oftentimes if you look at this list of areas that we're going to cover, whether you have the big version, which is easier to read, or the smaller one, is that a lot of these areas are interconnected. So if God decides that he tells you that I think you need to spend a little more effort on your, like we covered last week, marriage or singleness, what you might find is that some of these other areas of your life actually grow and blossom as a result, even though you're not particularly focused on it. So that's my uh, introduction to that. This, this is also, our, we have this little card if you want a short version of this. The questions on the back are straight from the personal vitality plan, that tool um, that you could use to uh, go before the Lord. You could use in conversations with a friend or a roommate or your spouse or your home group. It would be a great way to apply the truths in this series to your life. This morning, we're going to be covering rest and Recreation or recreation. 
I have a brief, uh, a brief devotional on this topic, and we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4. We're not going to cover it all, but I'm going to give you my sermon in a sentence, and I'm going to re-emphasize it, and that's all I hope that you can walk away with this morning. My sermon in one sentence, really all that I hope you can walk away with, is this. Rest is one of God's holy gifts ordained for you that when accepted will please God, bring delight to you, and cause you to flourish. Rest is one of God's holy gifts ordained for you. It's holy. God actually called it holy when he took his first rest on seventh day of creation. He called it holy and he blessed it. It's ordained for you. He, he, he planned it out for you that when you accept it, it pleases God. You know, when you give a gift to somebody and they say thank you and they're really excited about it, that brings you pleasure if you're the giver, right? It pleases God when we accept his good gifts. It also brings delight to us and it causes us to flourish. Hebrews chapter 4 is where I would encourage you to camp out for a while if God speaks to you this morning and you think this might be an area he wants you to focus on. We're going to cover just a couple of uh, verses in Hebrews 4, but you can go back and study them later. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4, he says this, For somewhere, this is the author of Hebrews, he has spoken about the seventh day in this way, and on the seventh day God rested from his works. When God rested on that first day, the day seven of creation, he rested, he called the day holy, and he blessed it. And really the best way to think about what God was doing isn't that he needed a break because he had worked 75 hours a week, actually. It's more like this, and this is from the Expositor's Bible Commentary. The completion of creation marks the end of a magnificent whole. There was nothing to add to what God had done. He had entered a rest from creating, a rest marked by the knowledge that everything he had made was very good. It's best then that we think of rest as something like this, the satisfaction that comes from accomplishment from the completion of a task, from the exercise of creativity. So in this passage in Hebrews 4, we talked about this around the supper table last night with my kids. They got the sort of behind-the-scenes special feature version of this message. Rest is talked about in three or four different ways. There's a rest here that's talked about the Genesis Sabbath day rest. There's a rest that's talked about the Israelites wanting to or needing to enter the rest they would find in the promised land. There's a rest that's talked about the eternal rest that we have in heaven. There's also a rest that we can receive because Jesus did all the work necessary on the cross and we rest in what he's done rather than work for it. So you can look for the, all four of those in, the, in Hebrews chapter 4, but first of all, let's look at verse 9, which says, therefore a Sabbath rest remains for God's people. Rest is one of God's holy gifts. He, he talks about the author, that Sabbath rest on Genesis, which is taking a 24-hour period of not working, paid or unpaid work, and, and reflecting on God's goodness in his creation, and he's connecting it to something greater than that, the rest that we find in Christ. And I just want to hear to say that if you understand that I don't have to rest, or I don't have to work to accomplish what Jesus accomplished on the cross, I can rest in that. Your understanding of that is intended to be connected to the Sabbath rest, an understanding of that as well. They're sort of intertwined with each other in a sense. In verse 10, 
We're going to just pop through here. The, the, the writer says this, For the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. So when you choose to enter into God's rest, you're not working anymore, just like God isn't working anymore. So secondly, rest is one of God's holy gifts ordained for you. You were made in God's image. I was made in God's image. A part of what God is like is he chooses to rest and stop and reflect on the goodness of what he's done. And we are intended, we are ordained to accept that same gift, to reflect on the good things that God has done. Of course, nothing better than, and we're going to remember it this morning when we take communion, the rest that we have in Christ because of the work that Jesus did for us. In verse 11 now, let's go through to verse 11. This is probably where it gets a little bit difficult for you and I. Let us then make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall into the same pattern of disobedience. So here's the challenge that you and I find. Rest is one of God's holy gifts ordained for you that when accepted. You know what? It kind of takes a lot of work. This is really weird, right? So this is an amazing gift God gives us that he intends us to reflect in his image. And yet it is really difficult sometimes for us to accept it. Whether it's the rest we find in Christ or the rest that we would benefit from from taking in a week. You and I probably have, I definitely have struggled with feeling too busy or addicted to activity or at times I can't really enjoy just being or playing with my kids or just enjoying because I'm thinking about what I want to produce or do or achieve and I can't stop that. It actually does take effort to change and shift gears and reflect on what good has come to us. It takes high effort. I'm not saying it takes none. It actually takes effort to accept this gift. Now in Hebrews 4, some of you, we've started Awana for a couple of weeks, and I know that Hebrews 4.12 is an Awana verse that you have or will memorize, and we use it all the time, but I just want to point out that this is in the context of an entire chapter talking about rest, okay? So if you have struggled with uh, wondering if God really has intended for you to accept the gift of rest, let the word of God penetrate your heart. Verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So if you're not sure or if you're struggling, just say, God, would you search my heart? Your word is powerful. Show me where I might be off in my perspective. Now, that would apply to this topic of rest, but really any topic. It's applicable everywhere. But God's word is powerful and can reveal that to us. Quite a few years ago, I decided that I wanted to help a friend of mine get a gift or receive a gift that he would probably have a hard time getting for himself. And so I recruited a bunch of friends in a covert operation entitled Operation Bag Paul. Paul was my friend, and we were going to sneak up on him with a surprise gift. Uh, I uh, wanted to help him learn how to play the bagpipes. He's a musician. Many of you know him. And so I recruited a bunch of people who might be interested in helping contribute towards this. Bagpipes are really expensive. Even sort of introductory level bagpipes are really expensive. And so 
I couldn't buy it for him myself at the time, so I recruited friends to contribute. And then we surprised him at this restaurant he really likes. There was some live music there. And I can still remember the look on his face. He was thrilled, excited, overwhelmed. His eyes were big. The smile didn't leave for a long time. It was really fun to be a part of. I'm not really a surprise party type of guy, so it's kind of a little out of character for me. I really haven't ever done anything like that again. But it was really fun. And it was really fun to know that this was like, like that people cared about him, that people contributed to something that he really would enjoy. It was really fun. Maybe you've had an experience like that where you were so excited to give this gift and then that person's reaction proved that you were really excited because they received it. They were so excited to get it, so happy to get it. That is how God feels about rest and us. Rest is one of God's holy gifts ordained for you that when accepted, pleases God. Now, Hebrews 4.13 says this, and I'm mixing up the order, sorry, Angie, on PowerPoint. It says this, No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, this is kind of, might seem like, how does that connect with pleasing God? Well, we're going to give an account of all of our lives, and part of what we're going to give an account to is how we accepted and received and embraced and enjoyed the good things God gave to us. And it's really helpful to think of that in a positive way, that I can actually bring a smile to my creator's face when I get really excited about receiving and accepting and enjoying the good things he's given to us. It's an awesome way to make God smile. So here's a freeing thought. God is pleased by your rest. Makes him happy. It makes him smile when you say, I'm just going to rest because you say it's good and you gave it to me as a gift. You would think that would give us permission to slow down a bit from our busy lives, to rest and delight in God and his goodness and his good gifts to us. And I think it can as we continue to think about that. So I want to say one closing word here. I'm going to skip ahead, Angie. And that's this. The last verse of this chapter is really well known. And it says this. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. If there's anything that can cause you to flourish... It's the grace of God penetrating your life. If there's anything that can cause me to flourish, it's experiencing God's grace at a deeper level in my life. I think that rest is one way that we can experience a greater depth of experiencing God's grace in his life. It's like we're physically saying with our schedules in our bodies, God, you are enough. I don't have to keep doing stuff. Or another way to say it is, maybe an expression of humility. God, you are in control of the universe. I can take a break. You got this. And we can rest in the fact that he is enough. He's got things under control. Rest is one of God's holy gifts ordained for you that when accepted will please God, bring delight to you, it'll make you happy too, and it will cause you and I to flourish. Now, the title is Rest and Recreation. So here's a few definitions of recreation. A refreshment of strength and spirits after work 
Things like agreeable exercise, a pastime, a diversion, or other resources affording relaxation and enjoyment. God actually does enjoy it when we enjoy his good things. When he's given us something that we enjoy, he, now we can do anything to excess. We can work to excess, and we can leisure to excess. I'm not talking about the excess, but I'm saying every one of those is a good gift that God actually wants us to enjoy. Rest, according to God, if you do a study in the scriptures about rest, it is tied to delight. That's what he did on the seventh day, is he delighted in what he had made. So even Jesus and his disciples, there's a story in the New Testament, and they had a long day of work. Maybe you've had one of these days. It was so long they didn't have time to eat. Have you guys worked so much that you've had to skip meals? It was one of those days for Jesus and his disciples, and he said this to his disciples. He said, come away with me to a quiet place so you can get some rest. Rest is what they needed to flourish. So my closing question is this. How is rest going for you? How are you accepting rest as a gift from God? How are you recognizing that when you accept the gift of rest, it pleases God, it brings you delight, and it causes you to flourish? We're going to share communion this morning. You can see there's a few more tables up here. That's just so that if the table's really, lines really, this is like the Walmart checkout a little bit. We need to, let's open another line, right? So if this line is too long, feel free to move over to that one over there. If you come up here, no one's at that table, just go ahead and go by and take communion over there. Just try to be a little more efficient here this morning. You don't have to wait in line so long, although it's good to have some time to reflect. Communion, when we take, we have these little prepackaged cups in here. But when we take, the bread that's in here, and I know it's hard to get out with these little cellophane things, but wiggle it around enough and you can. When you, we take this bread, this wafer, it's symbolized by this wafer, uh, this is symbolizing Jesus' broken body. And, and this juice, when we drink this juice, it symbolizes Jesus' blood that he shed for us. And really what we're doing is we're remembering that the work, Jesus, that you did on the cross was enough for me. And I can choose to rest in what you've done. I can't add to it by my activity or energy or effort. And communion is really an invitation to rest in Jesus and delight and enjoy what he did for you that you don't have to do. You just get to receive it as a gift. So I'm going to pray here, and then I'm going to open the communion uh, plates, and you guys can, on this side, make your way down this aisle, on this side, make your way down this aisle, and since this side's a little fuller, you guys, in the middle, you can lean this way if you want to, whichever you want to, wherever there's a shorter line, feel free to cut across and, and go ahead, and we'll share communion, and then we'll close with the song. So would you bow your heads and pray with me? Jesus, thanks so much that you are enough, you always have been, and the work that you did on the cross when you offered up your body to be broken and your blood to be shed, it was really reflective of you offering your life for us. You took on your body the wrath for all of sin of all mankind so that we wouldn't have to. And we get to rest in that. Today as we take this bread and this juice, might we remember your work and choose to rest in it and delight in it and might that permeate all of our lives. In your name we pray, amen.